Inside the Cave now brings you the official store to get all things Cave Crush and Inside the Cave at CaveCrushShop.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cave Crush and like our Facebook page, Cave Crush Shop. Hey, yo! Y'all ready? It's time to go inside the cave. Inside the cave. With CB. Joe Dirt. Big Dog Said. Cousin Lamar. International D. Cat and Belly Bell featuring Roland and Charles Heard. Inside the cave, mother. Inside the Cave, inside the cave podcast.com and cavecrushshop.com. Go to that website. Still using the promo code DIRT. Get yourself something good from Inside the Cave podcast and Cave Crush. Also, uh, Big Dog just releases new shirts. Go on there. You can get the Big Dog shirt as well. You got a Big Dog in your life, Big Homie. Give him the Big Dog shirt. That is available Small, medium, and large, and big dog. Get you a big dog shirt. All right, got a big show today. Thanks everybody who listened to our uh, best of show last week. I am CB at I'm the real CB on Twitter. Follow me there. And next to me today is Sid. Yo. What up? Why'd you look like that? You look stunned. You don't like that. <laughs> but I write your. What happened? Also with us today is Also with us today is Joe Dirt. Also, you announced me first? No, I didn't. What kind of bullshit is that? But said is right over said house. Said is right next to me. So actually he being honest. Yeah, I'm just being honest. People like that. And also with us the Southern baby from Alabama, Big Dog. What's up with it, man? Good, good, good. Hey, we got a big show today. Hey, sitting in with us today, uh, he has a new movie that he's uh, promoting this week on Inside the Cave. Uh, welcome to Inside the Cave, the homie Chris Everett. What's up, man? How's everyone doing? Thanks for calling in, man. Now, the name of the new movie is called Wil- Wilmington on Fire, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, tell everybody a little bit about it before we uh, get into it. Okay. Well, uh, Wilmington on Fire, it's an award-winning um, documentary. It's a full-length documentary film on the um, on the 1898 Wilmington Massacre in Wilmington, um, North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people might be familiar with Rosewood, you know, Tulsa, you know, and those type of race riots. But Wilmington, man, was one of the, the first significant ones in American history. And it was an actual coup d'etat as well. You know, they, they only, not only... Um, destroyed the African-American community. They took over the government as well. And they implemented Jim Crow segregation, you know, throughout the state of North Carolina, man. And a lot of that stuff still lingers on today, especially in the state of North Carolina. And we can also see it, you know, that, that um, I guess, that uh, residue of white supremacy, you know, still you know lingering on today, you know, throughout America. So the film, man, it's, it's, it's a very powerful film. We won a lot of awards. Um, with it over the past half, a lot of film festivals, more people like Wilmar Johnson and 
other scholars and historians and activists as well. So it's, it's a real powerful, dope film. Yeah. Hey, now, thanks for sending us that, uh, the preview. We were actually able to preview the movie. I was only able to see a little bit of it. I'll finish up on it later on. Yeah, Joe, yeah. you said you actually looked at it, right? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. It was pretty good, man. I enjoyed it. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks. And it's crazy that your timing, man, uh, for you coming on Inside the Cave is actually perfect, brother, with the state of America today. I mean, let's just call it like it is. White people have lost their mind. They don't know which way is up. <laughs> I mean, Trump has totally divided, not the country, but he's divided the, the white the, the white race. And I hate to say it like that, but it is what it yeah. is. I mean, I mean, he's turned, he, they, have, they have a, I got a matter of fact, I got a public service announcement. This is a public service announcement from inside the cave. Uh, for all the white people who are sick of Donald Trump and the Nazis, uh, Jesse Jackson said you can now join the NAACP. So uh, if you have a problem with, uh, don't know which way to go with Donald Trump and uh, you don't want to support Nazis and uh, white supremacy, uh, I'm sure NAACP has a place for you. <laughs> I guess that didn't go over well with this guy. Yeah, I'm, 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 we're going to pass on that. <laughs> I, I'd actually, actually prefer you shut your ass up for a minute. Yeah! This PSA was brought to you by Inside the Cave. Yeah, I, got, I got a question here, Chris. Uh, when, uh, how'd you get your start? How'd you get interested in film to begin with? <clears throat> well, I say about, I say my interest in film started about, um, I'm 34 now. I say it started about 10 years ago. Um, back in when I was living in North Carolina, I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. And um, I was doing, you know, acting and modeling. You know what I'm saying? I was about 100 pounds lighter back then, though. You know what I'm saying? And I was doing that whole thing, you know, doing the acting thing, doing the modeling thing. And that's how I kind of got in it. And then I moved to Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, I say about 2007. And I wanted to try to take my, you know, so-called career to the next level and try to do some stuff in Atlanta. But it just didn't work out, man. And But, you know, I decided not to really try to be more in front of the scene. I wanted to be more behind the scenes. I wanted to develop my own projects um, and tell my own stories. So I just began to, like, <clears throat> just kind of shadow people, you know, working for free on different film sets and other different independent film projects. And, you know, just doing that for a few years and making a lot of good contacts. And I decided to start my own, you know, film production company. And the first film that I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to do it on, on the 1898 Wilmington Massacre. And, you know, I said Wilmington on fire. Okay. Hey, um, how was the feeling down there in Wilmington while you, while you was out there? How was, like, the atmosphere? Um, Like, what do you mean, recently or? Yeah, while, while you was doing a uh, documentary. Oh, while I was filming? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, it took about the film everything. We started filming, I would say, back in 2012. It took us like two years to film everything and like a year to, for post-production. Um, but while filming there, you know, a lot of people in Wilmington, they knew about the history. A lot of people knew about the history there. Like, if you were born and raised there, you knew about the history, but a lot of times you didn't know all of it, you know what I'm saying? You would hear things from your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, you know what I'm saying? And that was from the white side and the black side. And you really, really weren't supposed to really talk about it either, you know, talk about this stuff outside of the house. You know, but 
I would say about 2006, 2008, um, the state of North Carolina actually did um, a Wilmington race riot official state report. And that's when a lot of people started being more open about it. You know, a lot of people started writing books. The state report came out. People started doing, you know, little marches and, and prayer vigils and all that stuff, man. And and also they built like a BS um, 1898 massacre Memorial Park as well that nobody right. really goes to. <laughs> but um, but um, it really wasn't until um, the film dropped in 2015, November. We actually when we premiered it in November 2015 at the Kukuloris Film Festival in Wilmington. It's one of the biggest film festivals in North Carolina. It's real big. And um, when we did that, we actually broke the film festival's attendance record. Like we had like um, the largest venue during the festival, which had 600 people in it. And we also had 400 people on the outside that couldn't get in. So when the film dropped, man, it dropped hard. And, and the whole city, you know, was on it. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? So it really, because it really showed the real deal of what happened in Wilmington and what's still going on in the city and all over North Carolina as well. But while we were filming, really didn't have any pushback. You know, a lot of people really didn't expect me to do something like this because a lot of people over the years have talked about doing some type of movie about this, but just never succeeded. You know, I just did what I needed to do, you know, under the radar. You know what I'm saying? Then when I was ready to drop it, you know, it was on. Hey, quick question now. You, when you uh, sent us a message, you said you met us, or uh, not met us, but you heard of uh, Dr. Umar Johnson on our episode, on, on our show, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And so then you got Dr. Umar on, uh, Dr. Umar is actually in the movie. Yeah, yeah, he's in the film, man. Yeah, Dr. Yeah, Dr. Umar's in the film. You know, he um, dropped some, some good info, you know, throughout certain parts of the film, you know, especially about propaganda and the use of propaganda back then during the massacre, you know, the um, white supremacy movement, you know, right after the Civil War. So, you know, he's definitely, you know, all through the film. You know, he, he brought a lot to the table. It's kind of tough, you know, watching uh, films like that, especially, you know, knowing the... Uh the 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 race the uh, racism back then it's almost like when uh, white people always tell black people go be on your own we want segregation that's what it was about segregation back then so black people went and built their own good thing and as soon yeah. as white people saw that they went and tore it down yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just crazy how uh, things like that happen like that. Yeah, and they, um, you know, and stuff like that happened, you know, all over America. You know, it's like almost every year, you know, either somebody's doing a film, somebody's writing a book, you know what I'm saying? Or somebody's doing like an article in the Atlantic or, or New York Times or something about a certain black town or city that was destroyed and you know, late 1800s, early 1900s, 1930s, 1940s. And, you know, we're finally finding out about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's almost like every year somebody is putting something out. Like, there's a lot of stories out there that need to be told, but it's going to take time to do them because, you know, a lot of times these, these stories have been hidden, you know, for so long. 
Now you said it's debuting at the uh, film. Well, it's not debuting. Uh, it's already been out, but it's going to be at the film festival. By the time this episode airs, uh, it's already going to be uh, at at the uh, Chicago Film Festival. You said. Yeah, um, yeah, it's playing tomorrow. It'll be uh, in Chicago at the uh, Gene Siskel Film Center. Okay. Um, downtown Chicago at the uh, the Black Harvest uh, Film Festival. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Okay. Now, this show won't be uploaded to Friday, actually. Uh, is, is, is there another time someone can be able to uh, check it out? Um, They can check it out now. You know, they can order the DVD or the digital download right now. WilmingtonOnFire.com. They can just go to the website. Anybody want to buy the DVD, if you can't, you know, you know, you're going to obviously you're going to miss the show. <laughs> um, but um, you can buy the DVD or watch it online on Vimeo On Demand digitally. And you can just go to WilmingtonOnFire.com, WilmingtonOnFire.com. And you can buy the film right on there on the website. Has Netflix been in contact with you? Try to get it on now? <laughs> nah, it ain't. We ain't, we ain't really worked on with Netflix yet, man. They um, you know, they give us the runaround, but you know, eventually we'll get there. Okay. You know, it takes time. You know, dealing with certain certain platforms, man. You know what I'm saying? But WilmingtonOnFire.com, WilmingtonOnFire.com, you can get it from right there. You know, for right now. Let me ask you this: Netflix and chill and watch it, but you just better not watch it with no uh, no black dude with a white chick. You ain't getting none that <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> you have a problem. I don't know, man. But peep this out, man. Peep this out, man. What's what's fascinating, right? Is about this, like, like you guys might have checked out some of my pictures on social media. Whenever I do screenings, a lot of times, man. Shockingly, when I do screenings, I have a lot of white folks that come see the film and support the film. I didn't really expect that. Yeah, I, I never, I never really expected, you know, just having people like Umar and others in the film, and also Tariq, Tariq Nasheed. Um, you know, he's behind the Hidden Color series. He, he's a producer as yeah. well. He helped me out at the beginning stages. You know, broke me off some, you know, some bread to help it, you know, help me get going, you know, with the project when I first started. Tyreek so, you know, <clears throat> you know having, what is that? You said Tyreek Nasheed? Yeah, yeah, he was, um, yeah, he's one of my producers um, for, for this project. You know what I'm saying? Did he get he knocked really... out this week? No, that was Tommy Sotomayor. Oh, Tommy Sotomayor. <laughs> I apologize, Tommy. Yeah, was, yeah, Tommy Sotomayor. Yeah, he was the winner. Got knocked out. Yeah, uh, he, uh, uh, he get knocked out. I think somebody snuffed him up in New York. I think, uh, I think at one of Sinetta's events or something. Okay, yeah, okay. No, I apologize. Yeah. Right, that's good for him for talking crazy about black women. Like in Jamaica or something. <laughs> But it's a problem if the man got knocked out and donated money. I'm just saying, man. I, just, I wanted to make sure I knew what he was talking about. Would you have thought differently about him had he been the no, one that got knocked I just out? I don't know what happened. That's all he told You get knocked out every day, B. Not every day. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for that. I just wanted to clear that up. All right. Somebody else going to get knocked out in a minute. <laughs> now I gotta, I, my question is why do you think the story of Wilmington has gone untold to the level of a, of a Rosewood for so long? I guess, man, because um, you know, I guess just Hollywood and just never touched it. You know, Rosewood really wasn't, a, you know, we didn't really know about Rosewood until John Singleton, you know, his movie. Um, you know, Black Wall Street, you know, just that name, Black Wall Street, you know, has been kind of carried on and been promoted, you know, by us, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, there've been several books written about it, documentaries, you know, but no one's ever done anything on the 1898 massacre, you know, until Wilmington on fire. So I think Wilmington on fire is kind of leading that that change. 
and letting people know more about it. And I've been seeing it. Um, I'm a few people, I think The Atlantic, they wrote an article a couple of days ago um, about the 1898 massacre. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, a few media outlets, they're catching up now to it. And Wilmington O'Fire is helping lead that. Hopefully somebody will come out with a movie, like a narrative film on it as well, you know, and keep the story alive and keep the history out there. But I think that's the main reason is that there really hasn't been a lot of mainstream coverage of this event because there haven't really there hasn't really been a mainstream film or any big time books or articles written by it over the past few years as well. You know, Wilmington on Fire is really the only thing that you want to find out there that's going to give you the real deal about the history. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so uh, Chris is stick, sticking around with us for the most of the show. Uh, Chris, we're going to get into our first segment, man. You know, you know, you're more than welcome to participate. Uh, it's called Kill Yourself and Start Over. All right, Joe, who you got, bro? Uh, I'm sure somebody's going to bring up uh, what happened in Charlotte, Charlottesville and uh, Donald Trump and everything and his remarks. But uh, my kid itself to start over is going to go to all the people but most of all the white people, they keep coming out and saying, uh, this is not what America is about. America is not about this. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, what this is what America people? was built uh, on. Well, what about the black people that's doing that too? Well, you say that for yourself and start over. Right, my fault. Apologize. All right. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> this is what America was built on. America is about this. This is what America is. It's about uh, race. It's always been about that. It's always been about somebody oppressing, well, the wealthy white people or the white people feel like they don't have much trying to oppress anybody else that they can, which is most like, and it started out like that with religion. Christians wanted to oppress uh, whatever other religion that was going on at the time until they found uh, Native Americans who helped them out and they oppressed them. So this is what America is about. It's about race. It's about oppression. That a boy, Joe. Hey, what they say, Joe? Once somebody show you who they are, believe them. Exactly. Hey, you're right, Joe. Because they call that uh, now they ch change the term into being a capitalist, stomping on the little man to get to get ahead in life. They have a a, a politically correct word for that. But that's what you're right. That's what's been always funded on. You know, that's what America's always started on. Cheap. Exactly. Uh, getting somebody to do stuff for, for 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 what they're not worth, and you you reaping the benefits of it. You know what I mean? You're right. I agree. Say who you got? Uh, make mine real simple. Like everybody out there in Charlottesville, carrying on. I don't. Uh, you know what? What more really is there to be said about it? I I can't believe. It just still seems real surreal that Trump is the president, and then he just. <laughs> how how you go up there one day, you don't denounce it, then you go back and denounce it, then you go back and say, well, both sides are at fault. Yeah. And then he slipped up. Uh, I, I wish I had it right in front of me right now. When he was talking at the press conference, he said something about they came at us. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. yeah. He said they came at us. And then he goes, excuse me. Yeah. You know, he said that. He did. I heard. I heard. Him Dog say. just said. Yeah, I heard him too. Somebody show you who you who they are. 
You better believe him. Yep. That's you better true. He just spoke what, what was on his heart. That's what yeah. he did. Yeah, the, the Monday he read read something, and then Tuesday he actually said what was in his heart. It's crazy. Who you got, Big Dog? I went down talking. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Who you got, Big Dog? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I got to go with um the NFL's Players Union. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bro, we got two minute brothers in the league. For them to just sit back and take the kind of shit that they take. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. I mean, like right now, you got, and it's not really just about Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, it's just the fact that they want to just, they want to silence you. You know what I'm saying? They want to put fear in you that if you want to speak up and stand for something, you're next. And for as many star players as we have, Black athletes, I think they all should sit down or take a knee or whatever. I was thinking True the that. same thing, bro. I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. I go so far as to say they keep the bullshit up. Don't show up week one. Yeah, hey, for real. I'm off of you. All right. Y'all, y'all want to carry on like that? Y'all think that you got the juice and we ain't got the juice? We'll see you week one. We'll see about you. But you see, everybody want to sit back and chill lead or – or talk out the side of their neck, you know, when it come down to the cap and that, but nobody wants to sacrifice anything. But you heard what this said. No, I didn't hear what this right said. Shit, what they do? Go ahead, dog. I cut you. I wait till you get done. I apologize. I mean, you know, and it's easy for somebody from our standpoint to say, well, you know, you make X number of dollars, you should be able to do whatever. You know, not not trying to count somebody's money, but it's just a fact of know your worth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got enough black athletes, I think as a whole, they all should sit. Yeah. And and not just the NFL. If you want to hurt them, you got you got to hit them in their pockets. Well, that leads me to my kill yourself and start over and we can continue it. I'm giving my kill yourself and start over to me. Because I you deserve it. Yes, I deserve it. You're right. Because I have been the toughest critic since this man stepped into the NBA of LeBron James. And I'm going to tell you something. He is the best leader, better than Jordan, better than Kobe, since since better than Kareem because Kareem didn't say much. You know what I mean? LeBron. Well, he didn't have social media. Well, either, I mean, so. but Kareem was just a part. Kareem was quiet. He just didn't participate. LeBron has the most to lose, and since day one has spoke his I, – I apologize. I have no business criticizing – that black man, has, as hard as I have been over the year, and it's personal because I'm such a Kobe fan, but, you know, it's bigger than basketball. And LeBron, well, let me ask you this. I mean, how can you, just because you like Kobe, you got to hate somebody else? That I didn't, it's sense. not that I hate it. It's the fact that I didn't like the way the media did that. I didn't like the way the media, Michael Jordan's gone, LeBron James is our savior. No, you know he isn't. Kobe's here. Kobe's already, Kobe did everything. Kobe was doing Kobe was taking pussy, too, though. You don't know what LeBron. <laughs> nah, all right, see, you go. That's, see, you try, see he's trying to get me to go. No, there. No, he's trying to get me no, to go. There. See, well, I'm talking facts. I'm only talking facts. I'm only talking facts. There's, 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 there's rumors. I'm only only facts. talking facts. I ain't yeah. talking rumors. Kobe took pussy. Okay, well, he wasn't guilty of it. So you don't. That, so yeah, we talking right. facts. So we talking facts. But he took. Yeah, he admitted to taking that. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He admitted to having consensual sex. Now, call it what you want. 
Look, look. <laughs> the whole point is, that's, I'm not trying to make this another Kobe look. Kobe and LeBron debate. Hey, I'm but you know what though, man? It, it, it's almost like LeBron had a plan from the beginning. Yeah, he came in and he started uh, opening up players' eyes to where they can understand. Okay, take your own fate in your own hands. Take mm-hmm. control. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And 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 once that happened, now. Okay, I'm speaking out. So everybody's sitting back trying to see what LeBron gonna do. And you know, he got he got his crew. Mm-hmm. For the most part, they all stand with him. Yeah. You know, you got Melo, uh, you know, Chris Paul and them cats. So, you know, they they not as vocal as they are, but you know, they right there with him. Yeah. But I, I, if you remember, right after, right during the campaign season, when he when he went out on a limb and stood next to Hillary. I said it on this show that if Trump loses, I mean, Trump, if Trump wins, and you guys thought I was crazy because you guys, there's no way that Trump could win. I said LeBron James has the most to lose because you got to think about it like this. The NBA, I'm a wrestling fan. I remember when the WWF went from the Hulk Hogan era to the new generation era. And, they, and Vince McMahon, them, they basically just shut out Hulk Hogan. And, and it's, it's cold. So when they're transitioning, when the NBA tries to make that transition to the new era, they the only way they can really do it is they'll shut down LeBron. And so the last thing you can see of LeBron is the fact that he's a he, he is against Trump. And they can paint a picture of him as being anti-presidential, anti-American. And meanwhile, you got KD and Stephen winning championships. And they can he has the most to lose. And for the, for him to Gamble it all or not? Cause you gotta be. I don't. I'm not trying to make it a sports debate, but LeBron ain't. ain't LeBron ain't winning no more win. No more LeBron rings. LeBron is kind of managing some of them superstars on the low, though, ain't he? Yeah, he ain't managing KD. Now he boys no, not with KD, him. but I'm just saying. But that's the but that's the new era we in. We in the babyface assassin and KD's era right now. We're transitioning. This the LeBron era is over, and he has the most to lose right now. Because what he got to lose. Besides not getting the title. Okay, let's just say, let's just say all hell breaks loose, which it probably can pretty soon. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Let's just say it all breaks, let's all say all hell breaks loose. And the last words you hear is this man going totally against the president. Now, no one else has said that. We all know how they feel, but no one else has came out vocally against him. You think the NBA... If if if, if uh, Adam Silver decides to grow some nuts, decides to be like Goodell and all them, and, and play keep away, what what I mean you just right now this is the LeBron James we know, but you gotta remember in ninety three ninety four they tried they tried to get rid of Jordan on the low they said let's just see we got Shaq and Grant Hill let's just see if we can move on from the Jordan there he done won three in a row ratings tanked come on Mike come on Big Mike we need you back. They tried it and they tried it again. See, that's and after what I'm 98. The fans, the fans dictate. Exactly. And the fans Everything. right now. And and that's that's what I'm saying about the NFL. Same deal, bro. The fans right now is all for KD and Golden State. They are trying the NBA are trying to transition away from LeBron. All right, uh, hey Chris, who you got this week, bro? Uh, man, I guess, man. Um just, I guess these brothers that, that be out here cooning, man, I've been seeing <laughs> the past couple of weeks, whether it's, um, you know, Mike Vick or Hugh Jackson from Cleveland Browns, coach. 
I don't know, man. It's just I'm just seeing a lot of brothers, man, just sucking and jiving. And um, you ain't lying about that. You know, <laughs> I'm like, man, we looking bad out here, man. But um, I guess that's mine. You know what I mean? Cool. Hey, hey, you know what, man? I just gotta add one thing to that, and and I hate yeah. to do it because I'm a fan of him as a player. Yeah. But man, my boy Ray Lewis. Oh yeah, him, bro. yeah, him too. Yeah. I, I don't even want to bring that up. And CB, know I'm a Ray Lewis fan. Yeah. On but, the field. But one day, big dog. But goddamn, bro. No, no, big dog. One day, and I think it's gonna come into the near future. And I don't even want to say this because I'm a Steve Harvey fan. But one day, it's gonna come out. What was that? Jim Brown, Ray Lewis, and, and Steve Harvey. What was that meeting all about? Because it, it, it's gonna come out. Because I think Trump is gonna get to the point where he's just gonna tell everybody he got something on them guys, and they have to be like this. Or because you got, I, I forgot how much trouble Ray Lewis was in. Yeah. Well, you know, Ray, Ray Lewis is probably in debt with, with Baltimore Ravens. You know what I'm saying? But no, no, he damn, was in bro. big trouble for that murder. He, he knows. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Ray, Ray, Ray gonna keep them tap dancing shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> disappointed in Ray, man. Hey, hey, big dog. Yeah. Wait, wait till you guys see what comes out on Ray Lewis and what Trump actually gave him, though. Big her, who yeah, you got this see week? That. Who you got this week? I have no, I have nobody this week, but what that was a what 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 Big Dog just brought up, man, is is a really good point. In the next two weeks, you're gonna see a story come out about what Trump gave Ray Lewis. Um, man, I think you guys would be that, shocked man. about it. I, I think you guys would be shocked by it. So, goddamn, bro. Well, I, I heard a story from a guy who was at the Super Bowl. Uh, I might as well say it. I don't care. I heard a, a guy who was at the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl Ray Lewis was in. Big Dog heard me tell the story before. <laughs> Man, I want to hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so some girl, some girl and this guy, they walked in in a party, and uh, Ray Lewis was in. And they said Ray Lewis was on all fours, getting uh, <laughs> getting poked in the ass by. No, 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 no. That's the wrong person, brother. That's Jamie Foxx. Go with that bullshit. Not Ray Lewis. <laughs> That was Jamie Foxx, not Ray Lewis. I can't, I can't let you do Ray Lewis like that. That was Jamie Foxx. How do we go off the rails? How do we end up right there? I know, uh, right? Yeah, somebody on the whole point putting in. Well, we were just talking about racism, segregation, bigotry. Uh, uh, now we talk about men on all fours <laughs> in the club in the Super Bowl. See, in 1999. I can't let you do them like that, man. But man, that, that, CB is so full that, of shit, man. <laughs> hey, no, no, hey, hey, dog! Listen, he had the story right though. He just had the wrong person. Hey, man, <laughs> you, was, you, want, was, you want to talk about a fanboy? CB is like the number one fanboy. Oh yeah, he, 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 he the number one pom pom wave. No, I think, man, uh, when you talking about that. when you bring no, up Steve true. Harvey or you get to talking about Kobe, she. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, Roland, who you got, man? Hey. Well, we still don't kill yourself and start over. Yeah. Pay attention. <laughs> well, you know, you, you you know, I'm normally the astute one out of the crew. I'm just actually on. I'm on. I'm actually on the road, so I, I think I'll for once pass on kill yourself and start over. Thank oh you. my God! Oh, right. <laughs> you're on the road. We appreciate that, Roland. Saving him. Yeah, because I, I I don't want the I don't you're want on the that flat Earth journey. Hey, hey, we don't we don't want our guests to see us, you know what I'm saying, go at it like that. 
<laughs> well, I know how y'all get when I when I bring up them deep conversations. It it could go for an extra half an hour. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have that time today. All right. I know you don't. <laughs> Rolling right. on the road to saving hoes. That's what he on. Leave him alone. All right, here we go. That that was kill. <laughs> that was kill yourself and start over. Okay, we got more. We got more of our guest, Chris Everett, uh, in his movie what, Wilmington on Fire. Uh, it's, uh, you can go to WilmingtonOnFire.com and uh, check that out. All right. Download it and buy the DVD. Download it and buy the DVD. Hey, uh, today. hey, Chris, tell us, tell us some more about the movie that you haven't uh, talked about it uh, yet. Oh uh, well, <clears throat> um, you know the movie, man. It really it really breaks down a lot of different layers of white supremacy. You know what I'm saying? You know, we talk about different groups. You know, we don't really go into depth about like the Ku Klux Klan and stuff like that. We talk about other groups that were involved in racial terrorism, such as the Red Shirts and the White Government Union. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times people, they think, you know, of, of racial terrorists, you know, white supremacist groups, it's always the Klan or like neo-Nazis or whatever. But there are far more other, you know, other groups out there. Mm-hmm. They have done uh, way more damage, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, as well. So, you know, really what this film does is that I didn't want to do this film like how I saw a lot of other films. I wanted to dig a lot of stuff that a lot of people didn't know about, you know, like the white government movement, like the red shirts, you know what I'm saying? And um, I think that's what really, I think that's what a lot of people like about this film. And also how when you watch the film you see you still see a lot of those similarities that's what's going on now and i think that's why this i think i guess the, it was just perfect timing man to reach out to you guys because you know we just had this stuff in charlottesville went down and even here in north carolina it was a sister man um she brought down a confederate statue um yeah. yesterday in durham carolina yeah so she got out today i think they got her out of jail okay they got her out but you she don't think she had to go to court today. You know what I didn't know? I and you guys are gonna probably get me kill yourself and start over. I didn't realize because we didn't pay well, I, I ain't gonna throw them guys under the bus, but myself, how much I didn't pay attention in high school about, you know, history and World War Two. I didn't realize like like man, that that Hitler, he was he was something else, man. And and the fact, like, I, I, I got in, I got in so much trouble. I was, I used to work in Kansas City. Big dog, you wasn't on this shift then, and I was on day shift. Story time with CB. You guys are gonna get real pissed off when I tell you this. So, so I was on, I was working in the body shop area, at the place I work at, and I was messing with the two, two white guys who I always mess around with, and I started throwing the, uh, the, the what's it, the swastika? Is that what's called that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I threw like the swastika sign on like seven cars in a row, just to just to piss them off when it, when it, when it got down to them, right? So my manager, you like should've, I should have fired you. <laughs> my manager, <laughs> look, my manager, his name was uh, I forget his name, Zach, maybe was Zachary, Man, was it Gary Jane? Anyway, uh, my manager got so upset with with that he actually stopped the line and brought like seven of us into the the doghouse, the, the meeting room, and, t- and talk with us. And finally, I just stood up and said, hey, look, it was me. I did it. And, because I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. 
And the reason why nobody got in trouble is because he couldn't believe that a black guy would actually do something like that. And and I didn't even realize how much of a big deal, like that's that that is slavery to them. That's like how, how we view slavery, that's how they view that that swastika thing. Yeah, and because I, I, the only difference is people bring that up to them, they they are giving a ton of sympathy towards it yeah. and about it. You bring up slavery. We bring up slavery. Ah, it's get, get over. over. It's, I mean, how many years was that? Jeez, like a lot. What else you want us to do? They they burned in ovens. They hung us from trees. But but they get the sympathy we don't. That's the truth. But I, I'll never forget that. And they were and they talked about. That's I know that's wrong. The, I, I, know, I know it's been ahead. Hey, quit the sidebar and keep talking. Come on, yeah, man. yeah, man. Be on the show. Yeah, man. Yeah, but that, that, <laughs> I, that's a, that's a lesson. But let me ask you: this. what What exactly is these neo Nazis? Now I know what a Nazi. What's a neo Nazi? Your Google work though. I'm a little really like guess. Your Google work. Show up here asking all these motherfucking questions. You get answered to. <laughs> they, they ain't got nothing to do with neo soul. <laughs> What a matrix. <laughs> Would you mind telling me what a neo-Nazi is, Chris? I, I think neo-Nazi, man, I think it's like, I think it means really new Nazi. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's what I think. Yeah. I think it's just a new a new generation of Nazis. You know what I'm saying? They they kind of, I guess, evolved somewhat. Mm-hmm. You know, just like a, a new generation. You know what I'm saying? A new day. You know, of Nazism. You know, that's, that's I would, I would have I would have to agree with him on that. I, I believe it's where they take from the Nazi doctrine, but because yeah. they're modernized, it's the post-World War II generation. Yeah, exactly. 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 All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we got Chris Everett, so make sure you go to uh, WilmingtonOnFire.com and check that out. Chris is still here. Hey, Chris is going to participate in this conspiracy segment of the show where we talk about, it's called The Cleese Report with uh, Roland from Three Leaf Films. And uh, the reason why we're doing it this week, uh, Roland, once again, is going to fact check me uh, or fact check us. I know Sid probably has his opinions on this. But this week on The Cleese Report, we're talking about the 2003 NBA draft. And if you guys remember, the NBA draft was LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony was in that draft, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Kirk Heinrich, who else? Give me some other names. Them prominent. Them the prominent names. So, if you... 
Darko. Dar- I'm saying then Darko get drafted in that draft. My, point, draft picture, my right? point exactly. Now here's a, here we go. 2003. Let me take you guys back to 2003. 2003. The draft was in this order. LeBron James, which should have been number one. Darko Milicic was number two, and Carmelo Anthony was number three. Carmelo Anthony went to the Denver Nuggets. David West was in that draft. Okay. And Darko Milicic went to the Detroit Pistons. Detroit. And LeBron James went to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, the reason why this should be a conspiracy, and I even heard ESPN is going to do a 30 for 30 on this, but here's what happened that year. Where did you get that from? I saw it. I saw a commercial. Uh-oh. In 2003, the 2003-2004 NBA season, that is the season where the Detroit Pistons won the NBA championship after making the dumbest decision in NBA history to draft Dark Darko Milicic number two. When you have Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, David West, Kirk Heinrich, all these players, you drafted Darko Milicic number two. So why is this a conspiracy, you ask? In my opinion, because they wanted to set up the new Magic and Larry Bird. That's what they were always saying. Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James could be Magic and Larry. This could, this could be Magic. Uh, the, the, the pundits, the people who get paid to Wait, do this. Can you pull that up so I can see that? Look it up. No, no. I, I mean, this, you the one bringing it up. I, I thought at least you had some evidence. evidence. I remember, you can't come to court without evidence. They're trying to do that in Cleveland and Denver? Yes. Yes, they were trying to make it the next Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. They were trying to set up a rivalry between LeBron and Carmelo. So they needed LeBron and Carmelo couldn't be in the same conference. So they needed Carmelo to be in the West while LeBron was in the East. So they, in my opinion, they forced Detroit Pistons to get Darko Milicic. And, and, and Larry Brown's excuse for that was, we needed a big man. That was Joe Dumas' pick. Larry okay. Brown, well, Larry Brown had selection. something to do with it. He didn't make selections. Okay, Joe, Joe Dumas Okay, he said we needed a big man. He was just telling you what uh, okay. Joe Taylor told him to take. Okay, so they said they needed a big man. They needed a big okay, man. Okay, that's what they said, they needed a big man. They needed a big do man. Do you know what ended up happening? Nah, they already had Ben Wallace. Okay. Then you know what they ended up doing? They ended up getting Rashid Wallace that same year. Thought you say you need I thought Darko Milicic was your big man. Thought you say you needed a big man. So somehow they end up getting Rashid Wallace to go with that team. And then they can guess, guess what? All of a sudden the Lakers fold in in unlaker fashion with the greatest team. Before, so now we, before, this comes back to your favorite team. No, no, no. I'm just giving you the facts. The Lakers you had gave me no the facts. Lakers had Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant, Shaq. That was the big four. That was Carl the, the big Gary Payton. Sitting on the bench and wheelchair. Rick Fox, too. Rick Fox, Devin George. They had all these players. Mm -hmm. Devin George. Devin the dude. And then somehow the Pistons, not only did did they beat the Lakers, they they creamed the Lakers. To me, that that whole season was set up. It was scripted from David Stern. He had it written to, to, to give Detroit Pistons the NBA championship. Those are facts. Woo! All right, Roland. You did your research, brother. You ain't. I did my research. <laughs> I listened to facts. 
I, I mean, you you already kind of like spelled it all out. I mean, what you want me to say? Right. You can give him the job and your job too. No, I gave my opinion. Tell me if I'm right. Yeah, you absolutely you you absolutely right. With with with, I think Joe said it best, and I think this is the problem with the pundits that talk now who speak about large market, small market, and we have been led to believe that in that time period that oh. They why would if 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 they were to rig something, why wouldn't they rig it for a large market? The reason why they don't do it that way, or at least the reason why they didn't do it back then, is because first of all, the, the NBA needed a transition. Okay, you got to remember that LA, um, the Spurs was in there, and what was my other team? They had they had uh, league domination at that time. You got to remember that they had what. The Lakers had been to five championships in that 10-year period, and uh, the Spurs had two, and so on and so forth. So they were trying to get small markets more to be able to sell better. So that's why you had LeBron, especially because he was the hometown kid, you had LeBron to Cleveland, and then you needed the Pistons to eat like he said, they eat that Darko pick, and then they, they got rewarded with the NBA championship. So now they can transition into giving small market teams a play. And if you go through the NBA draft, you'll see how year after year after year, each team that got a, that got a major player was a smaller market. Um, they even switched it. Now, don't get me wrong. In 2007, was it? who was it? Not then. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ogden. Now Ogden didn't work out, but what happened? They took this, uh, this, the Sonics, and they moved them to Oklahoma City. So the NBA is always manipulating, and we try to figure it out, looking at it from a small market, big market. Well, they now that the big markets aren't selling anymore. Guess what they do for the Lakers? They gave them the top, the top guy, the seller. So now. LA is going to be the stuff now. So you got to keep in mind that there's always David Stern was doing it. Now the current commissioner is doing it. It's manipulating teams. And you can't tell me they don't manipulate because LeBron James got on the phone and called two of his buddies and they all bet over at Miami. So you can't say that they don't manipulate stuff. They do it all the time. That's the conspiracy. That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, but I don't think CB off on this one. I think you're going What a good uh, thing is we had. CB well, connection kind of shit. Yeah, you over a cat house. Just missed it, but the good thing is we have a a, a a pundit. One of those pundits we were talking about. Big Herd, are me is me and Roland uh, correct on this? No, I can't. I can't go with you guys on this one, man. I really can't. But I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they try to put it together. But I mean, I, I don't. I don't think that was the the whole thing behind it. It was a, If you look at the two thousand and three draft. You look at the players that uh, the Pistons pick. I believe in, in the first they had what the second second pick, the twenty fifth pick, 
And then they had a second round pick. I can't remember where they picked that, but I know uh, they all the guys were from overseas. So I mean, they didn't pick anybody from the states at all. So I don't know. I, I don't think that that's the reason why they did it. So. Yeah, but but heard though, you're what you're doing is is that you're speculating that it's not so. And what I'm saying is is that the evidence shows you. I mean, listen, it's hard to it's hard to stomach that teams or leagues manipulate things behind the public's back. I think that any red-blooded American will never admit to themselves that the NFL or the NBA has manipulation in it. I'm not saying that any of these leagues are flat out the WWE, but there's no way you can tell me that there isn't manipulation because the, the, the evidence proves it. Any good numbers person can look at a, a book of numbers and tell you they're cooking the books. You know what I'm saying? By the, by the deposits and the withdrawals, they can look at all the numbers and say, okay, this person is embezzling. And what I'm saying is, is if no. you look at 30 years worth of NBA drafts, you can't tell me that out of all those years, those 10 times that the, that the hometown kid just happened to be available for the team, because Chicago, y'all big Chicago fans, who got drafted by Chicago in 08? Who was that? Hometown team. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I'm not saying that though. Like Roland, I, I get that. I get that part. Like I, I believe that I mean that's just part of the business, you know, and part of the business if a market is going bad, you know, and you think that you can be better and the ownership group is crazy that they're not getting tickets sold they wanna get they wanna get rid of it. Then they then, then they get then they get the they get them in they get somebody in that market to help it out. But I just don't – I don't believe that they would give away a championship for something like that. That's the only thing I, I, could, I couldn't believe. Chris, would you like to uh, respond – give your input on this, man? I kind of agree with you somewhat, but I don't agree with your assessment of that draft, though. Um, but I do think there's some manipulation that goes – Hmm. We all know it's some manipulation going on, but I want to know why in the world they so inclined to do Cleveland the world's biggest favor and they ain't did nothing for the New York Knicks. All these years, Knicks been a, a premier franchise, uh, a team in the NBA, the Madison Square Garden, biggest stage in them. But you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere, but they ain't gave the Knicks nothing. But they're going to do But I just, But I just told you, Sad. Said, I just told you, they don't need to give them anything because Madison Square Garden is going to sell out regardless. They're going to sell tickets regardless of the product. That's the point I'm trying to make. The reason why the Lakers can't sell anymore is because there's too much stuff to do in L.A. now. Ain't that much stuff to do in L.A., dude. No, it's a where they, where they gonna go? Everybody's going surfing every day no, with the Beach Boys. That's a lot to do in L.A. <laughs> the same thing you do in L.A. You can do anywhere, no, damn near. I'm just trying to tell you, man. I'm looking. I'm doing stuff to do in New York. Nah, not like LA, though. What y'all gonna do? Y'all, you gonna buy uh, I mean, that, in LA? Bold hands, sweaty ass, palm hands. LA, too. <laughs> I don't, I don't live in either place, so I couldn't, I can't, I can't refute what you're saying. 
I just think it's an opinion. I've heard plenty of people that said that it's very, very difficult for sports teams to stay flourishing and sell. They got to put a good product out because people won't come to the games because there's plenty to do. That should be everywhere, and it is plenty to do. Man, there ain't nothing to do in Oklahoma City. I've been to Oklahoma City. Now, I've been there. It is, but it's enough to do. Okay, well. So what they going to do when, when Russell leaves? You, no, you you contradicting yourself. You mean to tell me there's there's nothing to do in L.A., but there's a whole lot to do in Oklahoma City. It's just, crazy. It's just enough to do in Oklahoma City as it is in L.A. Man, you shut all you Who's in control? No, it's not like nobody's in control. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that connection? Something to do, stuff don't matter. Everybody... <laughs> How in the hell both of y'all arguing and, and, and both of y'all connection shit? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That's all good. All right. Well, I like for you, everybody. Uh, Herb, you want to you want to give uh, give your final word on this before we uh, let it go, or, and then let Roland. You guys want to say anything else before we let it go? Nope. Heard you got anything nah, I'm else? Good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> all right, Roland. I give you the last. I give you the last word, then, Roland. I know you got something to say. She always got something to say. Well, listen, this is my last word. I laugh at this panel. This panel is so full of shit. It ain't even funny. Listen to me. Every time, every time I bring a goddamn conspiracy to this damn thing, y'all agree with 90% of this shit. And then you say, oh, but I can't agree with that little part right there. Hey, I'm calling you full of shit. Sam, I'm calling you full of shit. And Joe, I'm calling you full of shit. And no disrespect, panel guy, new guy, you're full of shit too. That's my last part. <laughs> but I'll never agree with none of this shit. Yeah. If you listen to if you listen to the show a few times I'm oh on, you know right away I'm full of shit. <laughs> hey Roland, and for the record, I never agree with anything you say. I already know that. That's what hold on. Hold on though. Hold on, that's why I didn't say um that she was full of shit because because you keep it hundred. You always disagree. It don't matter what the fuck I say. Yeah, I'm always consistent, baby. I keep it consistent. All right. There's nothing else. The Cleese Report. Make sure you, if you haven't already, go to the Cleese Report on Instagram. That I mean, I'm telling you, it's one of the best pages on Instagram. He's doing numbers on there. Uh, a lot of good content on there, and also check out the Cleese Report podcast coming soon. All right, uh, let's get into this real quick. Hey, we still got Chris Everett here. Uh, we're going to get into this real quick. Uh, Chris Everett's here talking about his new movie, uh, Wilmington Wilmington on Fire. Go to WilmingtonOnFire.com and download that movie. And make sure you tell him that you heard, heard his interview on Inside the Cave. Big dog with the country rap tune. Turn it up. Inside the cave. 
hundred and a half. One hundred percent gangster, don't smile and don't laugh. In a three X shirt, nigga, thirty eight waist. I ain't small, motherfucker. I'm taking up some space with a size eleven shoe that'll kick in your face. Bitch, I'm all about a grind and baby, bitch, all this time. And look around your place. I ain't scared to cock back the boat and put one in your face. Taste still, nigga. Flavor deuce, deuce, and a third. Deflon, totally body. Inside the cage. Like a tennis ball, straight up diminish y'all. Opposition and competition, and when I'm finished, y'all can clear the calendar. Call the coroner, tell the next again. We shot him like a cracker and stabbed him up like a Mexican. May he never flex again, not like he can. But just in case he get resurrected, it's best he understand. I'm a cheat. Big dogs country rap for the week. Big dogs country rap for the week. This is what big dog. Inside the cage. Big dog. You don't know about me. I'm a G. Nigga, you don't know about me. But your ass gon' learn. And your ass gon' see. I see these niggas do a lot of trap with big dog. Country rap tune of the week. Hey, once again, we got uh, Chris Everett here. The movie is called Wilmington on Fire. Chris, one more time. Tell everybody why they need to go see this movie, man. Oh, man, yeah, everybody needs to go to see this thing, man. They need to get this film now, WilmingtonOnFire.com, WilmingtonOnFire.com. Get there. If you see all this stuff that's going on in Charlottesville and all over America, you know, the the racial hatred, the white supremacy, terrorism, you have to watch this film. This film pretty much breaks down. You know, a lot of that, you know, the reason why you see a lot of stuff going going on right now, this is one of the events that, that helped that, that helped spearhead that, to get it going and moving forward out here. You know what I'm saying? So you definitely want to see this film, WilmingtonOnFire.com, WilmingtonOnFire.com. Get the film. The film is, is excellent. It's won several awards, been featured in major media outlets. Support the film. That's what's up. I got a good quick question right Chris there. Everett, man. Hey, man. Hold on, uh, CB over there. I got a quick question. Why are these fools down in Charlottesville, and there's a lot of these white supremacists that do this, and walk around with the Nazi flag and walk around with the damn Confederate flag? Don't these assholes know that these that they lost? The Nazis was defeated and the Confederacy lost? I totally agree. <laughs> Great point, Joe. I don't know, man, because see, it goes back, man. I know, like, when I was doing my research um, about the 1898 massacre, um, the people that actually did the massacre, they were former Confederates. You know, they fought in the Civil War, the people that were behind that. And they always talked about, you know, how the South will rise again. That's their whole mantra, man. And I think the Nazis feel the same way. You know, um, you know, Nazism is going to rise again. And that's how a lot of Confederates feel that, you know, the South is going to rise again, the Confederacy is going to rise again. And they always have that same thought, that that, that mindset is always with them. You know, I think that's the reason why. Okay. Chris, you think we're you think we're close to a civil war now? I think we I think we're headed to, to headed in that direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think something I think something's about to happen, man. I think something's gonna happen. Um and if you guys saw the film, um Dr. Umar talks about that, I think in the propaganda um section of the film. And he talks about, you know, that, and I interviewed him. He actually did that segment back in 2012. He was one of the first interviews I did. And that was like 2012. Nice. And 
he broke it down saying that, you know, something else is about to happen. It's about to be worse. And he was just talking about all the propaganda that has been leading up over the years. And like from 2012, all the way up now, you saw all this stuff, man, you know, police shootings, all this stuff through the media, all this different propaganda, all this stuff piling up for something to happen. And I see it, it's, it's probably going to happen. You know, you got President Trump, <clears throat> who's the president now, um, that was a part of it. And now we probably, you know, I think we're going to see something happen, man, within the next year or so. I think something big is about to happen. And I, I hope that our people are ready before. And that's my biggest concern, you know, are we ready for it? I don't you know, think and so. I don't think we are. No, no we're, we're not. We're not. And I could talk to you for days about that. It's like, people don't realize that when you're voting for in elections, you're not voting for that candidate. You're voting for the people who is funding that candidate. So everyone who thought Hillary Clinton was gonna be worse than Trump, you gotta look at the people who were funding her. Black Lives Matter, whoever was funding them, had something to do with Hillary Clinton's campaign. Didn't have nothing to do with Donald Trump's campaign. So everybody who felt, I just can't vote for Hillary Clinton, you were wrong. You gotta face it, I don't care, you were wrong. If you think Hillary Clinton's gonna be worse than Trump, you were wrong. It looks, it looks like they took a gamble when they came up snake eyes. Cause if you listen to all the all the black pundits, they was all saying, or not pundits, but all the celebrities, they were saying, Triumph, uh, what you, what do you got to lose? Right. And it looks like a lot of people lost on this one. Yeah. Because they were thinking about Trump as the guy that they knew. But once you get into this political war, you have to pick one. You can't play. If you're going to win, you have to go all the way left or all the way right. Say what you want to Obama. He went all the way to the left. You guys say it all the time. So the way he supported the gay America trans, that's all the way to the left. And Trump is winning because he went all the way to the right. Hillary, McCain, Romney, they were playing the middle. Hillary was for everybody. Hey, yeah, she definitely to... rode the fence, and it didn't, and it messed her up. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> McCain and Romney rode the fence. Now, I'm not really a racist, but I am. Romney should have just said, "Hey, I'm a racist." Yeah, I should have just played the same game Trump did. You would have won. Right. That's what Trump did. You got. That's what the elections. See, elections see, man, are not. And see, see, what happened was to me, man. You know, like Trump. You know, he went into these areas, you know, that Hillary wouldn't go to. You know, meaning right. like these he areas of rural America. Like like rural America, man. Like I'm from I'm from like a rural town. I'm Lawrenburg <clears throat> in North Carolina. You know, and um we've been we've been suffering. This this town's been suffering ever since, man. I said I was in middle school. You know, we used to have all these different factories here and they've been gone since like, you know, the mid nineties and they haven't came back. And a lot of these, that's, that's that what makes up America, America is mostly these these small rural towns yeah. and mostly these white people that's in there. And, you know, both sides have really, you know, shitted on them over the years, saying they're going to bring jobs back and do all this stuff. And so, you not. know, Trump played, you know, Trump played to that. And you know what I'm saying? He came to that. Sad. And they told them where they wanted that's to hear. Sad because, you know, they that's them. sad because people really believe that. What I've learned yeah. in my 37 years, once something is taken away from you, it ain't coming back. They, they move on. Exactly. There's no such exactly. thing as anything coming back. You gotta go exactly. find something, exactly. find a new way of life. No such thing exactly. as anything coming back. Mm -hmm. All right, exactly. hey. Hey, I got one more question. I got one more question, hold on. Okay. 
I got a question for Chris. I know you said that the uh, South said that they're going to rise again and everything, right? That's how they feel. Yeah. But how are they supposed to rise when they just found out about indoor plumbing? Oh, damn. <laughs> hey, fuck you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's about to rise out there plumbing. <laughs> Yeah, just say it's just I don't know, man. Just Wilmington on fire dot com. You know that's all. <laughs> hey, man, you see what I have to deal with in this motherfucker, man? <laughs> hey, Chris, this is one of this is our last segment, man. Stick around for this. It's my favorite time of the show. Tell me something, Joe. America will finally have someone to look up to. His name is Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt in the building. Come with the best segment on the K Podcast. Tell him something, Joe! When inside the game. Alright, I got a good tell of uh, of, uh debauchery and prostitution. And who? And prostitution. Okay. Okay, like in uh Lexington, South Carolina, a 54-year-old man made headlines after his attempt to hire a prostitute from a service that he always goes on online. Yeah, I heard about this. You heard about this? <laughs> or shut up and hear about it again. Now this guy been using the same booking website for a few months <laughs> to meet prostitutes in his area. And uh, so one night he told his wife he was going out drinking with his guys and stuff, with his colleagues probably go out and slap a few asses or something at the strip club. But uh, he found a motel on the outskirts of Lexington. And uh, after he checked in, he used his phone, went on his website where he always go on at a uh, book his prostitutes. So he saw a 26-year-old woman on there that he figured he liked. But all the photos, they don't show a face. They only show it from the neck down. So he liked her from the neck down. Asked her, was she free? She said, yeah. So he arranged to meet her at the motel. Around eight o'clock, after she arrived, the neck down woman, uh, the guest called the front desk and said there was a lot of commotion going on in the room. So the front desk guy went and checked it out, figured that something was going on since the man ordered a prostitute, he wasn't hitting it, they was in there arguing. Uh, Coming to find out, the 26-year-old prostitute was actually that man's 48-year-old wife. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so he mad. Well, she mad because he ordering a pro- prostitute, and he mad because she is the prostitute. <laughs> Facts only. This really happened. I heard this story. Uh, and the kicker is the guy can face uh, prostitution charges <laughs> under South Carolina's law. He could face solicitation uh, charges for for, uh, for soliciting his own wife. Well, wait a minute, but 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 it's a law in America, though. Your wife can't test testify against you, though. Man, your his wife was a prostitute that he solicited. But it's still it his was wife. Gonna pay. It don't matter. She that, can't that, testify that's against. That's pay for. That's pay for sex. He, but she can't testify against him. So she ain't got to testify nothing. They know that she's a prostitute. Damn. But he didn't know. That's what's crazy, man. <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. Uh, that's the dirt sheets. 
Man, you pop up with prostitute, that's your old lady. <laughs> Joe, you got a sponsor this week? Uh, no, I ain't got no sponsor this week, but make sure you check from the neck up. <laughs> you gonna order a prostitute. Man. Check the Adam's apple, too. God damn. Oh, this shit. Oh, that's wild. Hey. Uh, we gotta send a prayer for that family, man. They're, they're going through some stuff. That that, that ain't right. Check the neck, Tommy. <laughs> the Dirt Sheets by Joe Dirt. Once again, Chris Everett, man. Thanks for sticking around the whole show, man. Give everybody your social media, wherever they can go check out the web, uh, check out the movie and everything else, man. Go ahead, promote yourself. Bro. All right. Yeah, you know, if um, anyone is interested in checking out the film, Go to WilmingtonOnFire.com, WilmingtonOnFire.com. You can also check us out on Facebook. That's Facebook.com slash WilmingtonOnFire, Facebook.com slash WilmingtonOnFire. Check us out on Twitter. That's Twitter at Wilmington1898, on Twitter at Wilmington1898. And check us out on Instagram as well, Instagram.com slash WilmingtonOnFire. Get the DVD or the digital download at WilmingtonOnFire.com. Cool, cool, cool. Now, and, and, and how did you hear about us? You heard about us through, yes, through Dr. Umar, or you actually just happened to be listening oh, no, to the podcast? No, no, I just, um, I just had checked that. I checked it out. I checked out the podcast when y'all you know, interviewed them. Yeah. That's, That's what's up, man. Appreciate you listening, man. Appreciate you listening. And also, appreciate you going inside the cave, man. Make sure you everybody go to that WilmingtonOnFire.com. Chris Everett, man. Don't, Please check don't out this movie. Crazy. It's great. Yeah. Don't be a stranger, man. You always, anytime you have a new project, man, welcome to come on Inside the Cave. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for having me on. All right. Hey, everybody, make sure you go to cavecrushshop.com. Use the promo code DIRT. Get yourself a new shirt and everything else. You said that with a little more spunk. That and was every, nice rhyme. Everybody. Use the code word DIRT. Get yourself a new shirt. Also, we need 20,000 yeah. downloads for the month of August. Keep going. Need downloads, all right? I need to make. I mean, I need Mike to be able to tell me that we got twenty thousand downloads by the end of this month, all right? Keep listening. Share the show with everybody. Tell somebody to know somebody to tell somebody else to listen to Inside the Cave on any platform. However you listen to podcasts, we're there. If anybody got nothing else, Big Dog can get us out of here. Hey, on behalf of the guys at Inside the Cave, we want to thank y'all for tuning in. We'll catch y'all last week. Thank you for listening to Inside the Cave. Inside the Cave now brings you the official store to get all things Cave Crush and Inside the Cave at CaveCrushShop.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cave Crush and like our Facebook page, Cave Crush Shop. Inside the cave. Inside the cave. Inside the cave. Inside the cave. You're on the number one show inside the cave. Three Lee Films.